There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am your non-waving host, Nick. Uh, we are here to, of course, talk about the Twilight Zone, Rod Stoney's favorite podcast, uh, uh, favorite show, uh, favorite creation, favorite, you know, smooth cigar, cigarette, uh, Eddie Valiant. Soft, um, soft, soft cigarette, soft not soft cigarette. Yeah. Uh, I was doing a, I was doing a Betty Boop, uh, Who Framed Boop, Roger Rabbit joke that no one got. Exactly. So, yeah, so this is going well. Hi, Eddie. Ah, she sounded just like him or her. <laughs> I'm very good at that. Hi, Eddie. But are, are you all about the shaving and haircut, though? Shaving the haircut. I didn't realize. You know, <laughs> you know, the great thing about that movie is I never knew that was an actual bit from the 40s. I oh, didn't realize totally that was a was. thing. Shaving a haircut? No, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, which makes that movie more awesome because it actually uses like real references and jokes from that era. Which oh, they do a really crazy. good job with that. I watched that not long yeah. ago with my youngest daughter, and uh, happy to report she was scared shitless at the end of Doctor. <laughs> good, because that scared the yeah, shit. I watched when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when I watched it with Triv doing the the whatever the video for your theater thing, I was scared shitless too watching that scene. That scene's fucking creepy as fuck, man. Yeah, and like, I saw like, on it. You remember me? You remember me? Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, nice. as an animated as an animated character, the dip scares the shit out of me. Oh, I know what to send you for Christmas, Triv. Oh, it's super! Your it's <laughs> dip. <laughs> that oh poor God. shoe. Have you ever felt sorry? More sorry for a shoe in your life? Oh, I felt I cry to this day for that poor shoe. Yeah, very big shoe, very big shoe. So, uh, how the hell are you guys? How's life? How's the Twilight Zone? We're good. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that there's a reason my past uh, two and following two uh, solo reviews are I have the word bloody in the title. Um, Yeah, because you're a bloody nightmare to work with, Triv. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that's how we'll leave it. So anyways. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not done again, on purpose audio... at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're on audio feeds, uh, Anchor, uh, Audio Boom, iTunes, Google Play, all that good stuff. Please rate, subscribe, you know, all that stuff just kind of helps us along, helps us gain subscribers. Maybe one day I'll do a Patreon page when we're finally finished with this so you can give us free money, you know, that type of thing. So free money. Um, yeah, yeah, free money. We want money. We want money. So anyways, uh, we definitely don't want to die. I can tell you that much. We just want money. So, anyways, no, no death. Got no, no, Mister Death. No, uh, no, uh, was it Monty Python? This is not a Monty Python <laughs> sketch, people. I'm not this is super serial. <laughs> yes, I'll you go are. For Shut a up. Walk. <laughs> I'm feeling uh, better. Isn't the meaning of life where death visits the uh, the the group at the house? Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. they 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 they're, they're all drunk or something like that, so it becomes like this big parody of the death trying to take them all. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I it's at it. a um, I think it's at a club. 
where they go because they do like a conga no, no, line into the afterlife don't they it's a it's a house it's like a party at, yeah, a, it's house at a house oh, it's like a dinner party at okay. a house it's been a long time since i've seen it they go to a restaurant oh, it's, it's funny where the fat guy explodes yeah well no there's another restaurant though too at some point anyway it doesn't matter or the fish it's like, funny hey. no not the fish they look like but the that's also demons <laughs> from freddy's dead <laughs> or actually i guess the demons from freddy's dead look like the fish from monty python <laughs> that's pretty good then there's that weird interlude where like everything is super weird and and uh like graham chapman is walking around with like tights and you know he's all like weird arms and stuff yeah that uh they're uh they're they're like a school fishy, fishy, about sex. fishy fish now no no uh different right yeah exactly nice nice segue jacob nice segue <laughs> anyways uh so no we're purpose. here to <laughs> so we're here to talk a new twilight zone episode uh this episode is uh quite something um i uh, have a lot of feelings what's that said it's an episode yeah i have i have a lot of feelings about this episode that might hit me pretty hard i don't know this episode is very much what a lot of people feel going through life at some point they've had this existential crisis of not wanting to die um i'm pretty sure we've all felt this at some point in our life uh it's also an episode that may he's also (laughs) your email he's like i accept it (laughs) yeah he uh you're that you're that you're that group of individuals that was like in underneath the bridge doing that weird dance wearing all the copy yeah techno rave yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's me (laughs) right um anyways uh so yeah this is one episode that trivs i know you said you like but we'll talk about it in just a second that of course episode is uh season three episode 16 nothing in the dark directed by lamont johnson written by george clay johnson uh george clay george clayton johnson uh production code 3652 air date january 5th 1962 the first episode of the new year that was 1962 uh this stars glass cooper rg armstrong and uh the well-known well-respected very young sounding robert redford this is episode once again what's that brad pitt no exactly yes (laughs) brad pitt is this episode is like at first i'm like when is robert redford gonna come into the mix like oh yeah because this is 1962 so he's like 25 years old in this episode I guess I kind of like Leonard Nimoy last episode. Yeah, I forgot he was in it until halfway through, and then I like caught a glimpse of him, and I was like, "Oh, this is the one." Oh yeah, Robert. They said Robert Redford's in this one. Sure enough, as soon as I saw it, I couldn't yeah. unsee it. Yep. You, you know it from the hair and from the smile. Uh, Robert. He's Redford all Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. His, his voice is actually very uh, like his balls haven't dropped for Robert Redford type of voice. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Um, his old second but... ball didn't drop yet <laughs> right right uh but this, this once again this is an episode about existential crises but triv uh you were talking about this episode last week when we did quality of mercy and you were mentioning how much you liked this episode and jacob i'm probably with you on this boat i don't remember this episode very well but at all really so i i knew where it was going when i first started watching it mm-hmm. kind of but um triv you said would you put this in your top 10 or is this just an episode you really like? I'd probably put it not necessarily top ten, but probably top twenty. And I I might have actually mentioned top ten last week, but I having rewatched it, it's an excellent episode. But I think it maybe hits a little too close to home for me because my parents are older and they're kind of in that space. So it's like it's a hard thing for me to face because of like the emotional 
stuff. But well, no, I still for me this episode still hits like it hits hard and it's 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 like um one for the angels for me. Like it's a very it kind of hits me where I live. Well, that's the thing about this episode. And I don't know, Jacob, if you agree or, you know, with this as well. I think this is an episode that hits us all in a sense of like our parents are getting to that age where, you know, they're starting to grow older or have gone to a very old age. And, the, you know, you start to like you start to you start to worry that you're not going to they're not going to be around anymore. And it's just, you know, it's um the idea of like being afraid of dying and stuff like that. It's a, it's a really interesting thing, but it's also a scary proposition to know that, you know, whatever you believe in is what comes at the end. And I don't know, I don't know how to approach this episode in a a lighthearted manner because it's a, it's a very dark episode, a very disturbing. I don't don't see it as dark. I I mean, there are dark elements to it. It's nothing in the dark. It's not, Right, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a, a scary episode. It's. And, I, mean, I don't think it's dark as in a depressing way. I think no, it deals no. with no, some it, heavy it, themes. Right. Yeah. But it deals with them in a way that's not like morbid. I I, I wouldn't yeah. say this is morbid, but there but is a lot has... of there is a lot of like regret, like you know, just from her perspective, like the way she sees herself and the way that she locked herself away, and we'll get into it, obviously, but. There's so many themes in this that I see in my parents at the at the age they're at, like that you know they they even say you know don't get old, you know that that's kind of the when you have a discussion with them that comes up more often than not, and I I see the correlation between them and and our main character here. So yeah, I think it has some. I would go as far as to say it has some dark moments or some th- not even. She's in a dark place, but I think overall the episode is not. I wouldn't. I don't think it's dark. I think actually it's it's hopeful. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I meant like dark in the sense of like, how do you, as somebody who is approaching the end of your life and being as scared as her, it, it feels like it. You know, is dark in the nature of like, you know, she eventually is going to have to die. You have to think about that and. It can take you as this woman admits to. It takes you to dark places. But um, I'm reading. The, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page because I was. I'm sure. I'm sure Trivi found some maybe trivia on this. But uh, in the reception of it, this episode on IMDb is listed as number seven in the 156 ranking episodes of Twilight Zone. Really? And yeah, Robert Redford stated that he had been told by a production company of the series that the, that it is the most often viewed episode of the Twilight Zone. Now. That's an interesting. I don't know if Robert Redford is like going off memory or if this is true. And as of when? But well, this was <laughs> oh, at, 2014. At 2000, yeah, but the question remains. It's something I'd be interested to look into, which I I didn't know until I like I said I was looking at the Wikipedia page. That would be interesting if all these episodes that had come out for the Twilight Zone, an episode that starred Robert Redford and Gladys Cooper, because Gladys Cooper was a famous uh, silent movie star, a famous star of the 40s and 50s. If this episode was really that, if it was more popular than, you know, I, the beholder, if it was more popular than Nick of time, if it was more popular, not Nick of time, uh, time enough at last. Yeah. The, 
the yeah to uh to start man like I, i'd be interested to see if that's really true or not and i don't know what do you guys think about that if that's true i mean i wonder if that was said to him in 2014 or if like he's like oh yeah i remember back in you know 1972 they told me that this was the most viewed episode <laughs> like when was he told this because nothing against the episode we'll talk about the episode but see i mean when you think twilight zone and people talk about it i don't ever hear anybody talk about this episode i'm not saying people don't but you know you hear the ones you mentioned a moment ago those are the i'm surprised that this would be the most viewed if it actually is or still is maybe at some point i'd be like okay maybe it just got syndicated more or something like that but like in 2023 that seems odd to me but whatever yeah i I think i could see this one being because i think this one showed up a lot in the marathons like don't quote me, but I i mean, the reason I remember it is because it came up consistently throughout the marathons, but I don't think that that makes it like, yeah, I mean, all those other ones would too, would they? No, no, a hundred percent. I mean, whether you're talking, you know, monsters on Maple Street or, um, oh, the one that's like where everybody turns out like they're toys for aliens or, um, uh, you know, any, any of the big ones, you know, time enough at last, any, any of those the ones that are really well known, not to say that this one isn't like known, but I, I don't think it's in the same, like at least like pop culture sphere as yeah. some of those other ones. It's just not. Um, well, no, I don't I don't think it is either, but I'm, I'm, I don't apparently you guys didn't like this episode as much as I did. Or maybe no, no, maybe no, no. I really no, enjoyed no, it. Maybe I'm misreading that. I think this honestly and this is just me. I think this is a top 10 episode because I think it's an episode that really gets down into the nuts and bolts of humanity and human uh, emotion and human like fears because a lot of those episodes that we've watched in the past you know couple years now have been interesting and have dealt with that but this episode is the most realistic approach to how i've viewed my life in the sense of being scared of every little thing when it comes to whether it be a money situation whether it be you know, my look at life as turning 40, you know, you started getting into that existential crisis slash what's that word called when guys start getting the middle age is middle oh, age crisis. crisis. Midlife yeah. Midlife crisis. crisis. And, you, and like, I've always had that fear. I, I can remember this, but going back to my twenties of what happens when you die. And I know you sometimes at some point you just have to accept it because everybody's going to get to there to eventually, but it, it's, it's just a really interesting episode that kind of hits me in a personal way so therefore it hits me more of an episode that i wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was even though i i know Trip, we talked about you know one for the angels and i really like that episode too but i think there are certain episodes of the twilight zone and it shows here that uh, that hit me harder and hit me more in the thinking man's uh realm than a lot of episodes do and it's starting to kind of put my perspective of the twilight zone into a different realm because I'm, i guess i guess a lot of, i know this may sound like like i'm kind of jumbling everything i'm saying but this episode like a lot of episodes that kind of wasn't thinking about uh are hitting me harder and making me think about how much more important and potent the twilight zone has become ever since we started this channel And this is one of those episodes because you know it can come off silly you know the idea of like this woman who's being evicted which is another thing you kind of fear in life of being evicted if you don't pay your bills and that worry and stuff like that or you're being like uh, foreclosed on or you're being you know sent out to the cold to move on because they're going to raise the property 
and also being getting older being afraid of like you know people aren't going to remember you or you're not going to be able to see the sun and how that affects you and stuff like that and I, I don't know it just it hit me harder than i thought it was going to that any twilight zone has has at this point in a lot of interesting ways that i wasn't expecting the twilight zone to do and i don't know if this is a fear of rod serling i don't know if he like feared a lot of this stuff and this is why he put it in there or i'm sorry i mean maybe george clayton johnson but i don't know what they felt but it was i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm rambling on so what do you guys That's think okay. well i can tell you that uh uh, George Clayton Johnson was only was in his late twenties when he wrote this, um, but he did this and then he did uh, kick the can as well. So he dealt yeah. with a lot of older life things as a young man. Now, now whether that means he's like a, an old soul or whether that means he just knew how to write that stuff well, you know, it's kind of say it how you will. But I mean, I think right. you make good points. I, I I don't know that this is a specific. I mean, I think this is kind of an every person thing, you know. Even those that, you know, you could have the person that is the most assured, whether it be through faith or just personal, you know, you know, they, they just know, but even folks like that, you know, that there's, we don't know what comes after and there is well, that, that fear of the unknown. Well, that's what, I, here, here's one thing I'm going to say. I'm sorry if I've cut you off, Jacob, or anything like I, I knew, probably want to interject, but I, this is going to sound really stupid and silly, but I was telling you guys the other night that I was heading to work and um, I saw this like really bad accident and the, the one of the car, the people in the car, or two people in the car that got total really badly didn't make it. And it just the idea of like somebody passing away, somebody dying, how quickly it can happen and how how uh, how you kind of have to look at every day as the last day and it, whether that affects you or whether that um put you into this kind of like uh bubble where you're afraid to move out into the world because you're afraid you're going to you know die at that moment or whatever it it, it just kind of puts a lot of stuff in perspective as stupid as an accident like that is it's when you see it and when you realize anything could happen but you can't you can't put yourself in that predicament where you're like this old woman where you don't experience things because you're so afraid of individual who is like you know this is gonna sound really funny but like the movie it follows where it could be anybody you just kind of have to live the life if you don't live the life then you're going to find yourself in you know a band down by the river or something so you're, you're so afraid of death that you don't live life well god yeah. look at look at and forgive a tangent but look at covid i i to this yeah. day know people that like they don't they they don't leave their house Unless it's to, you know, go, you know, go, go, go do grocery curbside pickup. I mean, they don't, they don't interact with their kids. Like I know one person who like to this day, she will not hug her child and he's, he's grown. Like they stand across from each other wearing masks outside. And, and I, I it's one of those things where you have to be comfortable with yourself, but it is still one of those things where she is literally not by and large left her house other than to do like the basic stuff in her car, you know, or been in a well-ventilated place since COVID started. I, I don't know. That's, it's one of those things where you have to take people where they are, but there's also that, do you understand how much life you're missing out on because of this? Yeah. You know? It's yeah. It's um, 
it's it's one of those things where you if you don't live your life and you know for instance like you know if i don't you know travel overseas at some point in my life and i get to be 80 years old or 90 years old and i i end up regret you end up regretting stuff and that's what she talks about in this episode which is very much that you got you got you got to literally live your life because you're not you're going to find yourself 90 years old in a basement down by the river or something like that so <laughs> better than a van down by the river uh this episode once again is about an old woman named wanda uh not wanda maximoff but wanda dunn wanda dunn uh, yeah she uh is a woman who lives under in a basement and we have no idea why she lives in this basement but it looks like a a very uh disheveled looking place and in the process uh there is a uh police shootout that happens that wakes her up and uh she will not of course uh answer the door because of reasons she that is not fully explained and i i gotta ask you guys this question like going in you know if you didn't know anything about this episode would you expect it to be about a woman afraid of dying and to be afraid of mr death as it's called I would have taken this as just a, you know, because you get older and there's, you, you know, don't necessarily know the world as well as you did when you were in your 20s or 30s. And I, I, first time I saw this, I took it as a person that was just like, it was easier to stay at home. There was things outside that scared her, like just general things, you know, whether it be gangs or crime or, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she had that tattoo. No, she probably should have. Yeah. Maybe that's why uh, she went out, didn't go outside was because of that tattoo. Absolutely. Uh, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh my God. The, <laughs> oh God. Uh, that's what Jake has been doing for like the last half hour. He's been, I'm trying to find this picture. No, no regrets. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, so imagine if you will, you know, you're an old person, you're afraid of everything. A, uh, there's a shootout out, you know, ironically, there's a shootout right outside your window. So that's always going to help your fear of wanting to leave the house, you know, police shootouts with a, a bad guy and stuff like that. And, uh, someone knocks on the door and, uh, what do you do? You leave him out there. You let him in. Sounds like when I go have him see. Act like nothing happened. He fell. <laughs> he <laughs> fell on a whole on bunch head. of bullets. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> uh, but she, she's like, I'm not letting you in. He's like, please, I'm, I'm hurting. I need you to let me in. She's like, no. He's like, yes. He's like, no. He's like, yes. And this goes on for about 45 minutes of this episode of her going, no. 24 minutes episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I must watch the director's explaining- cut. And then when she starts explaining like why she can't let him in and he's like, yeah, I'm bleeding out. You know, you're not letting me in. Your reasons Might don't really him. mean exactly. If Might only she'd him. watch, if only she'd watch it follows, she would know not to let the person in, but now she, well, I mean, know, as long as like, she's not having sexual intercourse with this, you know, guy, I think she's okay. I mean, it's like what the, his intentions are. That's true. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, maybe he's a slug, you know, you, there's a thing on Twitter. If you, you could get paid ten million dollars, but a slug would have to chase you for the rest of your life, and you know if it caught up to you, it'd kill you. you know, it's that thing. It's a slug, I'm telling you. Uh, is that a thing? Anyways, 
Yeah, no, th- no, it's a Give Twitter me the $10 post million. Dollars, I'll just move to another country. Yeah, but well, the slug yeah, never yeah. stops following you. Woo. Make it across the water, slug. <laughs> it's got boats, sir. It's, it's got boat. boats. Have <laughs> you not seen the slugs? Uh... They're, they're pretty crafty. And then just move back. It's probably named Gary. <laughs> <laughs> not a snail, you dork. That's a snail. No, a slug's name's Gary. It always does, you know, goes meow, that type of thing. No, that's Gary's a damn a snail. It's a, it's a snail, meow. not a slug. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Gary, I know it's Gary's a, slug. a snail. Yes, Gary is a snail. If I say it's a slug, it's a slug. Damn. Come on, no, Gary. But she lets him in finally because some reason she, she thinks that this person is fine, that she could save him. And why, uh, for, what, for what reason to also, I mean, we've, I think we find out in the end why she's partial to him, but like, she's all like super paranoid. It's like, no, 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 no. And like, he doesn't really say anything too super convincing. Yeah. And she's like, all right. Well, that <laughs> actually, that'll bring up um, something that I have questions about or something I thought maybe a theory of her state at this point when he arrives. Anyways, the character is this cop who's played by Robert Redford, the very, you know, handsome, make you make you uh, make women swoon in the 60s type of Now, now here's the question, Nick, uh, 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 Robert Redford or Charles Bronson. Why are you asking me these questions, Triv? Because because our our viewing public wants to know. Charles Bronson took his shirt off. I mean, (laughs) yeah. And he wasn't. Western. But does Robert Redford, Robert Redford need to take his shirt off to be sexy? Might not. <laughs> I mean, Trip, why can't I have both? Why are you doing this to me? Sometimes I mean, you, you don't want to see it all. You just, you know, you want it a little bit covered up, kind of like lingerie. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> fatigues. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. Nick Robert wants Redford to be plays. a Bronson Redford sandwich. <laughs> not before you, Trip. Not before you. That couldn't uh, possibly you first. Anyways, uh, this this is a cop uh, played by Robert Redford called Harold, and uh, she basically has uh, she saves him, or in essence saves him, but she doesn't have a phone, and she doesn't have any way of calling the doctor, even though he's asking for a doctor, and then he passes out, and you know that's when we get the you know Rod, Rod Sterling is staring at the mirror uh, very intently um, into the void of the Twilight Zone, and. Once again, mirrors have a very real purpose in this in this series, which plays into full effect in this episode. Mm-hmm. But Jacob, you yeah. know we have a we have something to do right now, don't we? I do. We're gonna do. We have to fight the porpoise. Fight the porpoise. Here's the porpoise: an old woman living in a nightmare. An old woman who has fought a thousand battles with death and always won. Now she's faced with a grim decision: whether or not to open a door. And in some strange and frightening way. She knows that this seemingly ordinary door leads to the Twilight Zone. I love the play on words. Grim, death, old woman, seemingly nightmare, seemingly <laughs> frightening, the Twilight Zone. The, it's good stuff. <laughs> faced with weather. No, but I like the use of play words of like grim and death. Uh, it really plays into foreshadowing for an episode. kind of love it. Yeah, Twilight Zone. Uh, but... It's an episode that very much is specified in the narration. This woman has been living in this shanty of a, a place for many, many years. She's about to be evicted. She doesn't want to leave or she refuses to leave like those people do that refuse to sign over a lease so that they can build a freeway. 
And uh, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Exactly. Like the people in Detroit, and they're trying to build Delta City, came yep. in and just wrecked their homes. They exactly. had to enlist the help of a robotic police officer. <laughs> a jetpack. A jetpack. <laughs> jetpack and a machine gun on his arm, driving Ooh. around in a 92 Ford Taurus. Because that's what you do in the in the future. Yep. We're trying to make Delta City here. Exactly. Right here in Delta like, City. Uh, that's capital that T color. and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Yep. Is, you oh, sure it's not Mega trouble. City 1? They're trying right to build Mega City 1 with Peachtree. Mega City 1? Oh, no. They wouldn't. Those those officers would not ask. They'd just come in and say, you've been judged. <laughs> I am the law. I am the law. I if you just... I think they'd be. I think they would make an exception if Rod Schneider was in there somewhere. You know. Oh God. (laughs) They can make the prison for violating food truck code something. I don't know. Whatever it did. Did you you see that uh, that both both Rod Schneider, uh, Rob Schneider, and um, Sly Stallone were in that one, and then also in Terminator Demolition Man. Demolition Man. So it could be like technically like two parts of the same universe. It absolutely is. Watched Demolition Man the other day. I love it. Oh, it's a great movie. I think everybody, yeah, I think yeah. You, you have yourself some three seashells. Oh hell yeah! Now, what would be the third in the trilogy? Of the right? What would be the third in the trilogy of the Rod Schneider, Rob Schneider, uh, Sylvester Stallone movie? A movie that involves uh, finding the decayed corpse of Sylvester Stallone at a at a thrift store. Tank Girl Two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they fit it's in, not- but. That's just stop or my cousin will shoot. God, no, it has to have like that dystopian future. I don't know. Stop or my grandma will shoot. It was kind of dystopian. Stop or my mom will shoot. Oh, was it? Oh, shoot. Sorry. Great story behind that. You guys should look it up about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, with him holding him into or folding into playing the part. One of the worst movies ever. Yeah, not great. (laughs) Uh, so this episode mainly focuses on. The two having a conversation about that's basically what it's about. It's a it's an episode about this woman's fears about death, about her life, about the idea that she used to be happy. Now she's a fear of everything, including little slugs that are coming after her. And uh, Robert Redford's character Harold basically, you know, they talk about like, is this the right thing for you? Are you doing the right thing? And I, I guess I got to ask you through this kind of episode because it's not really, you know, there's not much more else to it than that outside when the, the kind of Victor guy comes in. But contractor. I mean, what do you guys think about you know, the contractor? But what do you guys think about, uh, you know, this whole thing that she goes through and kind of like how her fears like, does it hit you in any way or does it like, you know, what do you think about what she starts talking about? Because it's like I said, there's a lot of just her talking about, you know, her fears, I guess. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, I gotta go first. Go ahead. Unless you want me to. Uh no, I'll go. I know I haven't talked much this episode. <laughs> well, that would be because I um <laughs> I okay, so I like what this episode had to say, and I relate with some of it. And I think that it had uh I'm not gonna say a good message, but it had um okay, yeah, good message, but I th- I, th- I thought it was a I thought it was a good idea, and I didn't think it was a terrible episode. But I'm gonna lie, like the first like two thirds of it were just kind of drawn out for me. I didn't love it. 
I didn't hate it, but you guys have been talking like top tens and top twenties, and I've been like, mm, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, when when you get when you get when you get quiet, Jacob, I I kind of figured as much. I, I knew I knew where this was heading because usually like the ones you really love to talk about, you will go on like twenty minutes of talking about it, yeah. which is perfectly fine. Well, no, that's that's really my like... two coworkers when they when they really like something they both gab the the put your fucking ear off. Yeah, you mean when I talk I mean, about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, <laughs> I can tell you guys are really feeling it, and I was just like, mm. no, I didn't. I I like as I like the basic overall idea or story or whatever the synopsis of the of of the whole thing. I like how it's you know about this woman who is essentially having this crisis of. Or just just worried about that, scared. About, I think every single person on Earth has been afraid of death at some point. We've all had that those thoughts and had to sit there and work that out in our own way. I will say that when I'm, however old my my parents are, also in their 80s, so you know they're the unfortunate fact. Truth is, they're not that far from it within the grand scheme of things, unfortunately. But I'd like to think when I'm this lady's age, I imagine she's in her 80s or more. I'm not that terrified of it the saddest part of all is what her being this terrified of death at this point in her life means that she has missed out on something she's missed out on life yeah like i kind of get the feeling at first that this has just been like the past little bit that she's been held up here but i think she's been held up this way fearing death her whole life so she's missed out on life and all she's had is this fear of death so that's like really kind of depressing <laughs> that this person is has not been able to she's held on to this thing so much that she's not even been able to uh to experience it well is it really depressing like i mean it's depressing the fact that yeah i mean we're a lot of people a wasted life like this yes yeah i mean no i mean it, <laughs> I, I i should i should rephrase that yes it's depressing but like there are legit people like this and you gotta wonder if it's like a a psychosis problem or maybe like somebody in their family died and it made them fear mm -hmm. their life. It just, that that's kind of where I come from. We come from with this. It's just, like I said earlier, you know, when it was like 20 years old and I was just like, God damn, my fucking parents are not going to be here forever. You know, I'm very close to them. And it's just like, sure. you sit there and start wondering like, fuck, do I, do I sit at home and, you know, possibly die like the the guy did in fucking uh, was it um, Creep Show with the bugs and stuff like that. You know, he's the hypochondriac, or do I live my life? And it's just it's one of those things you start you start realizing that you know you start getting to an age where it's just like Jesus Christ, not I mean, I everybody I know is gonna be dead. There's a bunch of things to unpack there. Like like with my parents, I know like they are like I said, they're both in their 80s. They've both had very full lives. Um, everybody has regrets. Even people say no regrets. Yeah, you do. There's <laughs> something you regret, but um, it the the key is to not get caught up on that stuff. But my parents have both had very full lives, so whenever they unfortunately do go, I don't want them to, and I don't think either of them are sitting there saying, "Hell yeah, ready for it, let's go." And uh, but I I mean I understand it's going to happen, and I think that they've like I said they they had a lot of experiences in a full life. Um, me myself, I'm not ready to die but i've come to terms with the fact that it's going to happen eventually and i guess oh, i yeah, just yeah. i view that differently than a lot of people not view i but i think a lot of people probably would agree with what i'm about to say but i think maybe i just came to terms with it better than a lot of or some people was that i understand i'm going to die and it did bother me when i was like really young that shit really twisted me all up 
it doesn't bother me as much now. I don't want to. I'm not looking forward to it. And I wouldn't even say that I'm ready to die. But I'm not so much like afraid of it. So I guess well, that, I yeah, have... that's kind of I was gonna say that's kind of why I brought up that whole accident situation is you look at that situation, you look at like how that person died, and you realize like if you don't start living your life, you start doing things that will Mm-hmm. make you appreciate what your life is you could be that person who looks like they were like in their 30s or maybe 20s and it's just like it could happen at any moment so why do you want to live in fear it's like you know you don't waste it you know yeah yeah exactly and you, you are not guaranteed like, to be here no you're not guaranteed old age no we i hope yeah. we all get there but you never know i mean you hear about people like we usually hear about famous people but like the oh such and such died of a heart attack yesterday and uh, they're like 50 and you're like oh my god that's less than 10 years away from me that's crazy that's young yeah. in my opinion <laughs> you know so i mean you yeah you could go anytime so you need to i'm not gonna say like live every day like it's your last and just go fucking crazy <laughs> but i mean you know you gotta you know do, you, do the thing <laughs> don't wait to do the thing don't wait to live life because right. you don't yeah. know how much longer that is live oh, absolutely live every day to its fullest and do and i've done that for quite a while i'm not saying i am not the most interesting person in the world i don't like running around doing crazy stuff every day but i've done my fair share of stuff if there's something that i want to do or strive for i go do it or i try to do it um do you think that's so, why uh tom do you think that's why tom cruise does the crazy stunts that he does he's like i'm 60 fuck it i'm gonna jump a bike off the up the mountain <laughs> i'm gonna climb the Burj Khalif. i'm gonna do everything right. impossible to do <laughs> probably makes him feel alive i don't know but no um, doubt no doubt but yeah i think a lot of people would agree with oh well don't you know don't waste your life worrying about death that you know you need to experience your life but i don't think that i'm not saying everybody's out there worrying about death all the time but i think there are a lot of people that when they do sit down and think about it they haven't 100 or at least somewhat come to terms with that fact i think a lot of people just don't think about it no i would agree with that well and, and the way that the way that death is is seen too from different from different countries like here in the states we kind of okay you know what i we did the whole three-day thing okay you know go go grieve in your corner you know there are other places in the world where there's like you know week-long celebrations to celebrate the life of the person that passed you know that you go to um i can't think of where it is it was either in indonesia or south america but or maybe it was central america but they have the corpses of their of their loved ones and they bring them up and they have dinner with them or they, you know, even single or even uh day, day of the dead, yeah. you know, they, they bring them, their relatives back into it. It's not a there and gone kind of a thing, but there's still an active part of, of life. Even well, I, think, if they're gone. I also think you said something earlier um, that's impactful. I think people say this is another thing. People don't really say the words. They don't think about it. None of us know what's on the other side there. Right. If there is another side, we don't know. I mean, people have, all kinds of different religious beliefs and all this and that. Some believe you go somewhere. Some believe things just end. Some believe you become something. But nobody, nobody's been able to report on this, you know, <laughs> like like the concrete evidence. Here, here it is. I mean, there's people that can say things, but I mean, we none of us do know. No. So, I mean, I think that that freaks some people out. If some people are I mean, like they said in this episode, as we get to the end, you're not afraid of you're not afraid of death. You're afraid of the unknown. Right. 
And I get that because yeah, it, it is an unknown. It's like, oh, everything ends and just, but does it end? I don't know. Do you go here? Do you go there? Some people fo- feel more comfortable in their beliefs. Me, myself, my personal beliefs, I'm not going to go there. But I will say that I I think, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I do think that I feel much more at home with my personal beliefs on that than a lot of people do. A lot of people I've met because a lot of people question things and I don't. And that might be why. I am at more at peace with some of these things. Once again, not wanting it to happen anytime soon, but it doesn't, I'm, it's not like a big fear of mine. So then when I see something like this, I like, I see people like this every day that when they get down to it and start thinking about death and what happens and I get it, they're just fearful and they're, they become, they, they can get consumed by it and they just, they spend their life or a portion of their life just more afraid of dying and they stop living and at that point i'm kind of like you've already died because you're not living and i think too that it's just as much kind of that for you know because some people or for a lot of people that there's that need for routine that need to know what's coming next you know people mitigate any risk possible which is understandable i mean you know you don't want to have a financial crisis come out of nowhere or you know, surgery or, or, you know, whatever it might be. Absolutely unknown. We as human beings, and I, I, we as human beings do not, we don't like to not know. Right. Like anything. We want to know why on everything. Um, Be that how something's made, where this comes from, or how it was all made. What's the point total and all that. We, we like to know these things. And when we don't, really freaks us the fuck out. And I will say that, um, not, and I'm, once again, I'm not going into specifics, but, and not offensive because I'm not going to go into specifics, but I do think that some people's beliefs, that is the core element that informs those beliefs as a, a, a need to know. Oh yeah. And sometimes well, I mean, some certain people, some people's belief systems is giving them a way, at least in their heads. Well, it's their belief, their beliefs, their own to know. To know something. Right. Well, and the the thing is, there are two sides to that, because that curiosity that's inherently human is fantastic. It's driven us all kinds of cool places. But that that need to that. Yeah, that need to be absolutely 100 percent rock solid that this is what comes next. There's there's no way the world and everything beyond it is more gray than black and white. Because there's some shit we just don't know and never will. Exactly. And I, I mean, think a lot of people at, have um, come to terms with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to sound stupid, but you can look at like the Matrix and you can look at the conversation that Neo has with the um, the old woman, whatever her name is. The Oracle. Oracle. Um, Oracle. And the one thing that Neo says and what I'm sure a lot of people believe is the idea of like not having the your, the ability to have um, so well. word called free will basically like not having the ability to de- determine what oh, happens self-determination. in self determination yeah like the idea of like the unknown and not knowing when you're gonna die i think that freaks out a lot of people and it freaked me out just for the simple fact that like there is a lot of stuff that you can control there's a lot of stuff that you can put on the table to help yourself out but the idea of dying the idea of who you're born to and who, you know, all that stuff you can't control. And sometimes that freaks people out. Sometimes mm-hmm. that puts old women in the, the basement eventually being uh, seen by Robert Redford. But is that, is that unknown as Jacob alluded to that 
What's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think uh, before you mentioned that she had been like that her whole life. I don't think she was like that her whole life. I think that that was it wasn't like a six month thing, but I don't think it yeah, was I think it's a, been a while. Yeah, it's been probably I, I mean, I would say the latter probably the latter half or the latter third of her life is when that came into being. But I do think Maybe given she had like a, a husband or something like that and the husband died or something like that, it could have caused I'm not saying that's what happened, but no, it could it, something or traumatic right. that caused it. Yeah. Right, exactly. I do think, though, that and I mean, you have that today, too. I mean, it's a super easy thing. You've, you know, every generation underneath you, like if you look at people of a certain age, you know, we were born understanding computers to a certain extent, or we were young enough to be able to get it. There is that thing that everything has become so much online that, you know, there is that that sense of isolation that comes with that. But I think, too, going back to the 60s, there was quite a lot of that, too. You know, you you say you're born in the 1880s and, you know, you get up into the 1960s and the world is so chaotic and everything that you know is kind of, you know, gone all topsy-turvy. I do think that that plays into that kind of a similar message to what you would have to someone in their 80s today in a lot of ways. Uh, Not to go on a tangent. No, go for it. But um, no, because we'll get off topic. But uh, (laughs) we're already off topic. To speak to what Nick touched on a minute ago um there's a movie and i've referenced this movie on here before it's not a good movie but it has a good idea and uh, it's a i cannot even remember the name of it i reviewed it a while back nobody's seen it uh james gum's brother's in it it's the way i remember it but anyway it's about a, a society where everybody's immortal um they oh yeah i remember this movie can, yeah they have a procedure they go through where they're immortal but you have this subset of people that want to go back to being mortal it's called mortal. I think it's no, it's not called mortal. That's not whatever. Um, I am mortal, maybe whatever. It doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna watch this shit. But um, that's <laughs> the, the idea is cool of when, if you're immortal. So in other words, you know, you know, you're not gonna die. But it was the same as knowing when you're gonna die. Um, you know the future as far as your life expectancy and plan and all that goes. You know their thing is they say, well, you lose all ambition to do anything, to be better, to to try anything, to do anything. There's no point to life at that point because there's no urgency to do anything. So nobody ever does anything. Everybody just kind of lives, but they're not really living. They're just kind of existing. And these people were like, no, we won't. You need to have that unknown. You need to be mortal and not know what tomorrow holds as far as your life goes to be able to actually live and push you to be better and do more. There needs to be a time limit on oh, stuff. And I think that there, what Nick was saying a second ago, that, that kind of goes to it. Like if you do, that not knowing is kind of what pushes us. While yes, it can drive some people, some old women to a, a basement like this in a decrepit house. It's also was kind of what both of you were going to. It's also what pushes us to be better and pushes us str- to strive for more and do something. Well, I mean, you can look at, um, I think it was the second season of Westworld, uh, the re- the recreation of Westworld. And there's a there's a the thing about that that season that is revealed at the end, or actually maybe it's not revealed. Anyways, that the the whole point of that second season was what if a company gave you the ability or knew the ability of when you were going to die, how would you that affect you? And I think it'd be interesting to see the adverse effects of if you did know you were going to like what point you know you were going to die. Would that change anything? Would that change people? How would people react to that? And it does have an adverse effect. 
on the, the 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 season because of how it plays out but you know maybe the unknown is the most important thing because it teaches you that you don't know like if you know when you're going to die like are you, let's say you're going to die tomorrow at noon or something like that would it change how you do things or would you just live in the bathroom or the the living room hoping that that would change and that's what's happening in this episode kind of going back to the episode the fact that she's living in her she's living in this space because she's trying to advert death when she she's doing everything in her power to not get hurt she has all her windows boarded up she has all this crap everywhere to protect her and all she's doing is getting to a point where she's like as we discussed she's not living her life she's, she's not existing. willing to talk to anyone yeah. she's existing she that's all she's doing and that's not the that's the whole message of this episode is don't do that like don't be that because all you're doing is you're you're giving yourself nothing you're you're regretting everything and whether she regrets anything at the end is a different story depending on how you guys feel about it but the old the young guy the guy that robert redford's playing feels like a guy who was living his life who is who is acting upon his world that he lives and it, it's just an interesting thing to kind of put into a twilight zone episode because of the ideas of like what rod sterling and ross sterling and the crew were doing for the series which you know when you look at it from the surface level it's a show about sci-fi tropes and stuff like that but when you look at it from a very deeper perspective like this episode you realize that it basically is all about human condition about human ideology about how we view the world in our fears and tropes and stuff like that and that makes it that's why this series is so uh revolutionary and so important for the tv and its own right because you know this kind of stuff in this show was not being done before this and i think this is why shows like you know you could west world or you know any of these shows that deal with like the human psychology stuff like that are even now today because of what roster and company were doing and i think that's why i like this episode so much is because it, it's not hitting you in the face but it's doing it in a very much a very personal you know people go through this type of situation i guess i don't know you know what this is like you know like the the tale about Box the guy that's yeah this guy um you know like there's a story about the guy that stuffs his mattress with money and then he dies and you know he doesn't there's there's that balance of like taking your time and and saving but then also you know enjoying life and and not not hoarding it away you know and and you know not well, doing is anything that what life insurance I got to ask you a question. Is that, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but do you find it kind of odd and funny about life insurance? You put, you put all this money away, and I know you're doing it for your family, but you put all this money away that you're never going to be able to use. It's more of like in case of whenever you die, it goes to your spouse or goes to wherever you need it to go. Have you guys ever thought about that with life insurance and stuff like that, about this type of thing where you're putting money into a thing you're never going to be able to access? that type of thing kind of like putting the mattress money in the well, mattress that's kind of, of that, that's kind of like insurance period is you know it's for a rainy day kind of thing yep yeah but you're never using life insurance so like you you're can never, never you it. might you might never get in a car accident I, I think it's kind of a selfless move to where you're doing it for your loved one that is true that is true <laughs> well no no but i know that, that I'm is just saying, for like, you you know in a way <laughs> i mean you <laughs> could say the same thing about charity money like you give charity money to an organization you're never, well, you never, you no, personally like, are never going to see anything off that. Well, no, but I think you're you're still doing. I, I don't know. It was always a weird thing to me. Life insurance. I'm just thinking from my point of view. No, you guys could have a different. Point no, of view. no, no, no. You very... make you make a good point. Well, you, you know, give but... the charity for what reason? Like Trip said, you give it because you know you want to do something good. 
you're more you're more fortunate tax yeah. breaks bitches and, well i mean yes I'm a, <laughs> barring that <laughs> you do it it makes you feel good you feel as if you're doing your part you're more fortunate at that point in time so you're giving to put the same thing with life insurance as so like well, that's how i look at it so you're giving it to your family so they're not burdened with your debt like they're already going to be burdened with your death i mean if they like you and uh <laughs> <laughs> this way you know everything financially because financial hardships can make everything more difficult but this right. way financially they're not burdened further and they're taken care of when you're gone so at least you know if you're not there you're still able to provide for them i think that's the life insurance i mean is it, that's life insurance is a, a fucking farm, scam right? a lot of the times but yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i will especially agree how there. much they charge and what you get uh, uh, no joke like i i pay like uh was it like 12 bucks a week and i still have like a two thousand dollar deductible so it's it's fucking Oof. insane yeah, oh, yeah i was crazy. looking at a life insurance I, I went, policy the other day for a family member and i was like not to sound morbid, but if you're still alive in six years, this thing's not worth it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that's just the well, fact. In six years, we would have paid what it's willing to pay out. So it's like, yeah. I mean, uh, that's why that's why I guess you started a farm, right, Jacob? Because you knew if you die, at least they have chickens and cows and they, no cows they, yet, uh, just goats, 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 dogs, and vegetables, pigs, and dogs. And Amy and Sonic, and, yes, and Starlink. They're all set, you know. I have, Star- well, I have Starlink. I don't have it hooked up anymore. I got no <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, if you die, you can do like <laughs> they can inherit Starlink for from you. So, um, <laughs> well, actually, one one more one more real quick point on this, and I know yeah. like just as far as the immortal versus mortal thing, um, I got thinking in this episode, kind of no, well that too, but um, about escape clause and how the guy basically has eternal life, and he went out and did all the fun stuff, but the second that he got immortal. He just like was like, I'm bored. This sucks. Make yeah. it well, stop. I mean, you can look at you can look at anything, Triv. Like you can look at like the um uh nice place to visit. Like anything oh, like yeah, that. No, like, if you're if you're given if you're given eternal life or you're given everything you want, you never have to worry about anything, you start to get bored. Like um I can't remember a movie I was watching, but there's a movie or a TV show, something I was watching about somebody wanted to die or pass on their 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 living forever because they they had seen everything they watched everything buddy passed and it was boring to them like they didn't want to do this anymore and it's the same thing like we want like people want to live forever like this woman does and it's just like do you really want to live forever do you want to see 2020 do you want to see you know, <laughs> 2016 do you yeah you don't want to see any of that like you, you live there's a reason you live you know at most 100 plus years 100 plus years at most 110 years or whatever and well, they're like they're trying to do experiments and science on like living longer than that i'm like do you really want to live that long the Honestly? contractor said he he actually had something good to say when he like knocked the old lady out accidentally and he's talking to her he was like hey it's you know you got to get out of here and he's like you know everything has its time and then it's time to like you know set it aside for the next the next thing he said even people said you know it's 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 not a bad thing it's just you know even people have their time and it's time to you know set a stop and say okay i'm i'm done <laughs> you know yeah right well and here's the thing you know she wasn't like you know the whole i don't think that she wanted to live forever i think it was just i mean and it was i guess a fear it was, of the unknown yeah exactly it was a fear of what was next yeah i mean that's well, what it all boils uh, down to is like she like like robert Redford said in the end you're you're not afraid of death you're afraid of you don't know 
you're afraid of the unknown that's right over there behind that door. You you don't know. That's what you're afraid of. And it's all about fear. That is one of the things I did like about this episode. I mean, I liked a lot of stuff about this episode. Not as much as you guys. <laughs> Rug a little bit. I thought I thought that I think what I dislike the most, and I say dislike, I didn't hate anything. What I dislike the most is I see what the episode was about. And I, I like the idea and the the conundrum it sets up. And I like the questions it was asking. I just wish it had asked more. I wish it had gone a little bit further with that. I don't even specifically know how. I just wish it had wasted, not wasted, but maybe not spent so much time on her more or less saying the same thing that she was afraid of death. We got that. We got 24 minutes here. We got that she's afraid <laughs> of death and she's been running from it. Now, I'm I'm okay with the way they explained it, but they just kind of spent a lot of time with that. And it's not until like the last few minutes that they really get into the crux of what's going on, the whole story. They spend a we'll lot see. of time with this woman cowering in fear and then getting this guy in the house and then he's over here and then she finally tells him, well, I saw some people on a bus and that was death yeah. and I've been afraid and then the contractor comes in and knocks her out and it's just, I feel well, like I was, a lot of stuff could have been expedited and we could have gotten more yeah. stuff that could have asked more questions or delved deeper into these questions without being in your face. Well, I got to ask you, Jacob, this is this is a serious question. Would the episode have been way better if the contractor had knocked her in the, ah, you know, the way she <laughs> fell? Would that have made the episode better for you? That was like a Wilhelm you know, <laughs> That would have been awesome. Because, you know, she falls. She's like, ah. Oh, she's number like, one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like the, the bus stuff I find is interesting because if you start seeing death at that point whenever that was like how would your mindset like i don't know it's an interesting concept of like her well, there's a the question there too talk about that yeah was she seeing death or was she just telling herself that like is this the first time she's actually seen death and it just happened he was another person with another face or had she actually been seeing? it never really confirms nor denies that had she actually been seeing death doing his thing and dressed in other people's bodies or whatever or was she just telling herself that because of her fear her fear was taking over making her paranoid and then oop, yeah may happen to be right <laughs> well you know look at look at the and i know we've had a lot of this since 2020 but look at the proliferation of psychics and all of these all of these kind of things for people to understand more about the unknown for people that have passed on and regard that's always been a thing but i was reading somewhere that there was an uptick because you know in 2020 a lot of people were quarantined in you know I mean, it was a very scary time people didn't have shit to, to be do fair. yeah yeah and they was googling i mean that's why that's why baseball cards and youtube channels became more popular is because of that oh, but no, I, trip, I mean the real question you gotta ask yourself is during covid how many people watch peewee's big adventure and we're like i need to do that too exactly <laughs> i mean i watch it yearly anyway but nice yeah. <laughs> nice but i mean you look at like People yeah. that are found to be complete and utter fakes, like Sylvia Brown and some of these assholes, you know, the the way that they take advantage of these folks. But people, for whatever reason, if it's if it's grief or desperation or whatever it is, they go yeah, looking we... for these. Yeah, they go on looking for these for these answers in places that, you know, I whether it's convincing oneself or whether it really is out there. I think that there so... probably are people that can do that, but. The majority of them are bullshit and they take advantage of these poor people that are grieving so and suffering. How many Oda Mae Browns do we need, Triv? We need several. 
I think all of it like, is that every bit of all all people's beliefs and and all the it's just a it, it's a meet that curiosity that we have and it is that that and it is a fear of the unknown of just not knowing because we are such a curious bunch that we we got to know so we look for anything that can make some sense of it right. even though sometimes we don't we get so caught up in it we don't stop and say that don't really make sense <laughs> right or but you I, I mean i mean clearly look at this lady she talked herself into the fact that stepping outside her door was detrimental to any kind of ability to right exactly i mean truly you know yeah. i mean she's like oh well there was a guy that came to the door saying that you know it was a it w- i needed to be evicted but you know that was bullshit you know or whatever i mean all of that stuff even though to a logical person to look at the surroundings, you can see that it's an old building and such. You know, you can look at that and go, oh, well, that's not a thing. How can that possibly be a thing? Screw you. Get out of my face. I'm going to mace your ass. I think another thing about this episode that put me a little off um, was, like I said, I did like the story and the ideas and all that behind it. And I even like the quote unquote twist. But that was my problem. I knew his ass was that almost from the beginning. Well, like, but I think that's I felt I, I was pretty sure I was I, like, yeah, he's death. And in the end, we're going to find out. Well, that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think the I think the main thing about him being as you know, we'll just say he's death being death isn't really that supposed to be surprising. I think it's the idea of like, is she going to accept and what happens to her? That's the twist. And even yeah, if it is, because right. it's not really a twist, to be fairly honest, it's more of like, is she willing to accept and move on? And is this is this personification? Because like you know, because as you said earlier, you alluded to, she's like, I know your face from somewhere, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I've already figured out. Not only is he death, because it's, it's the one person that she she lets in. It looks like someone she knows. So it's like, unless you're an idiot, I mean, you can kind of see it coming from a mile away. So it's just like, I think the whole point of the story is not the fact that he's death. It's the point of is she willing to accept the fact that she is at the end of her life. And, you know, is is she willing to let this man come into her life and make her? Yeah. So it's just like, it'd be stupid if like, oh, we're going to throw this twist in there. And it's, you know, oh, shocking. He's death. Like, you know, if any person in the 60s thought that was a twist, they're like, you haven't been watching the Twilight Zone. So (laughs) at least I don't think you have. Well, Um, I don't know. Plus he was wearing all black. I mean. Yeah, and he was a cop. black I mean, and white. On. We don't know that. I mean, that that is true. <laughs> he's wearing very, very, very dark blue. He's wearing a white suit like, um, uh, like Steve Martin. You know, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, mean, Migo, I, I don't know. As we talk about the episode more, I do appreciate. Admittedly, from my beginning thoughts, I appreciate the episode more now. As we've talked. Well, if we had talked about Perchance a Dream, maybe you felt the same way. No, <laughs> no, probably not. I mean, I am up for it. If we say that our rating stands in the end, I'm, I'm up for that challenge. But no, uh, nice. I do. I do appreciate the episode a bit more. And I already did. I already appreciated it. And I knew all these things. But now, you know, we sat here and we've kind of dissected it a bit. And I do like it more. I'd say it's moved up or down, depending on how you look at it in my mental rating i suppose um i just well, I yeah i'm not trying to like change your mind on it no no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, that, like... that happens a lot of the times as we talk about these things that i'll gain a different appreciation or i'll lose some for something but my, my opinion <laughs> does change as we go on with these things sometimes and that that's good but um I, I i do still stand by the things i said i mean i i i do think that it it drug a little bit here or there and it could have 
I want to say just broad strokes. It could have been tightened up, but I think they just could have said more or asked more or, or delved more into the, the interesting questions a little bit without being, because I do now I do like how the episode and I think Triv, you're the one who said it. It's not slapping you in the face with a lot of this stuff. No. Maybe it was you, Nick. I don't remember. One of you guys said something about it, you know, not throwing it in your face. And I do like that it's not in your face until obviously until the very end. But it's, you know, a lot of it is a bit more subtle. I like that. So I would like them. I would have liked them to have kept that. But I would have still liked there to be maybe some other stuff that, you know, it outright poses well, some questions instead of us posing these questions just based on what we yeah. see as we go down. but don't you think that's good too that it creates that conversation especially if you think back For in sure. the 60s and there was a lot of that like not to say that death wasn't understood or talked about but from the perspective of you know okay if you're a good american household you know if, if it's a christian household you know the the thing that comes next is resurrection like that that's that's the end all be all you're gonna die and you're gonna go to heaven or you're gonna go to hell like this raises questions beyond that the fact that it says that you know it's not strife it's not judge or it's not i'm trying to think what the actual verbiage was um crap i had it why you think about right it's not it's not it's not scary it's not it's i mean essentially the writing is basically saying you know it's not it's not hell. It's not scary. You don't have to fear it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was going to say is Jacob does allude to a good point is I, I think it's more about her getting her fears off her chest to kind of maybe relieve her a little bit. Maybe I feel maybe I'm with Jacob a little bit on this. Maybe you feel like Robert Redford's character could push back a little bit more on her on her fears and stuff like that. Maybe that's, is that where you're leaning towards Jacob? Like, it almost yeah, feels like his character is almost not needed. He doesn't. Yeah. Until the very end. He doesn't really say what he comes in. He, she talks to him. He's there to be a vessel. You can almost make the contractor, him. the, the death character in a little yeah, bit. He know? doesn't really interject much until the very end. He doesn't add yeah. much to it. He's just kind of a vessel for her to speak to and say these things. Yeah. And Trev, to you're give not us exposition either, so. to know where he's right. at. But to some extent, would you say that, like, maybe she had to work, you know, like with therapy, like ultimately the therapist, like when you're talking to them, they can interject things, but ultimately it's you that has to, right. She had to work through her own thing so she could actually let go. Well, we also see in the end when he says, look over there, she look or she looks and sees herself in the, in the bed, I think. Mm -hmm. Dead, I'm assuming. And she looks like it was a peaceful death. She didn't know she's not like. I mean, it's like, it looks like she like died in her <laughs> She's sleep actually or on something. the floor. She so died part of me the is, guy pushing her. So that does make me wonder, was it, it has this all been kind of a, maybe there is a supernatural well, side to it. I don't know. It has this been kind of a dream. Has this been happening in her head, whether it's supernatural or not? Or or were these things actually transpiring or did she, was she asleep? Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Like um, as what I was talking about earlier is the idea of like, is this, her trying to reconcile with the fact that she's died she know it's like or dying. you know the people who are died mm-hmm. who don't know they have died they're in limbo or whatever maybe she's in limbo maybe she died at some point like when they were the contractor moving out maybe she died years ago and this she's not been willing to accept maybe she's bruce willis and this is probably she, when he kool-aid manned in that fucking door <laughs> <and> <laughs> across the room 
Right. Wasn't um, it, wasn't oh, what yeah. dream may come? Wasn't what dreams may come? Kind of in that realm with the that. that film depresses me. Uh, no, what dreams may come? I, it's that, been that film's about trying it. to find his wife. Who? Yeah, they oh, dead. they go he to hell just, and he went to limbo or whatever hell to try and bring her back to heaven essentially they don't call it that but that's basically what she he it's been so long since i've seen it i just that remember movie, the journey they did that movie was yeah <laughs> that movie was beautiful to look at but that movie's fucking depressing like yeah. that movie just made me cry myself going why is my life even exist um no but in all seriousness we love like, you nick <laughs> Well, the real question, I guess, is the real question. So, if he's taking it all in, does that mean he's the bottom and she's the top, or is she the bottom because she's unloaded? God damn it! <laughs> that's well, it. Gotta, I'm, gotta, I'm, I'm marking it this one at number eighty-two. Is it your sister or your mother that's on the bottom? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or whatever uh, it was you damn, said that one watching time. Too we much porn, like, sir. Oh god. Um, <laughs> no, but it, but in all seriousness, like I, I was gonna bring up that point, like because you brought it up as well, Jacob. Is like, is this is this basically her accepting that she's you know? Because as we learn, she's being evicted. the The contract is like, look, I will help you move. You know, not everything lasts. And then he look, she's like, she's trying to talk to Harold, and the guy's like, crazy, crazy. Ah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk back. He's like, he's doing the Simpson uh, Homer thing where she walked back into the like, edges, or he walks. Yeah. <laughs> Get out by eight. Uh, but then she realizes as Mirror is doing this that all she had to do is look in the mirror and see that there's no one there. And this is when we get very, um, what I would call very attractive, very debonair. Uh, Ross, or Ross, uh, Robert Redford, where he has a smile on his face, and he has his hand hold out. He's like, you know, it's not that bad. So you, you gave me all the information, and she, she starts crying. She's like, I don't want to die. He's like, is it really that bad? And she's like, yes, you made me feel things, and I don't want to feel things. And uh, suck it up, cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> I did like how, and I, even though I foresaw it, and I knew that's what he was probably about to say, I liked how when she like holding his hand, she's like, is it gonna hurt? And he was like. It's already happened. it's already begun or whatever he said and like yeah the realization she has and i thought that was that was i like the end of this episode like i said i just wish well, there were more questions at I feel, I feel like a lot of the rest of the episode was kind of filler i know you the need question to get there i, I get that right. just, yeah i feel like they could have done something more with that um just some of the conversation i don't feel like there was much conversation i feel like it was just a woman talking to this person and he really didn't have much to add He's well, dead. What can he really say? Her, her walking. <laughs> I mean, and Nick brings up a good point. It may be, and I, I could totally see this. Her in her head as she's dying, working through it, and making yeah. sense of it all. You, there's that. There's that claim that you see your life flash before your eyes, which means makes me wonder if I'm seeing my life flash before my eyes, which is really depressing. Right because, now, <laughs> I know because I that that all I did was a podcast. We're in the matrix. It was a damn good podcast. Yeah, of 13 views. If you, you see know, your life oh, flash before your, your face, eyes asshole. when you die, when you get to the point <laughs> of your death in your flash, do you see your life again? Oh, that's a good question. Jacob, this is the existential like of all existential crises. Life does not exist. It is just a single <laughs> life flash before our eyes repeatedly. Inception life. That's the afterlife. Yeah. That's the, that's the light we see. Holy it's just, shit. It's a, it's a, Mind blown. Jacob, you know what it is? It's the fucking dark tower. We keep walking oh, into God. the end. We walk up the tower. Don't spoil we spoil it for people. <laughs> the twenty-year-old book. No, I won't spoil it. Uh, <laughs> Many, that, that book's like forty years old. No, no, the Dark Tower. By the way, the yeah, Darth Vader is, is Luke's father. 
<laughs> oh yeah, what? and uh, and uh, Bruce Willis is dead in the Sixth yeah. Sense, and yeah. yeah. I mean, I can tell you from I'm Nicholas Cage through... meets the mechanical robots. I mean, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you from for myself. I've been going through some stuff, and it, it does turn into that thing where you, that's all you can think about, and like your focus becomes so much on that, it's hard to see beyond. So it's like it's easy to fall into that space and to pull yourself out of it and sure. it does take the right person death or otherwise to kind of get your like light a fire under your ass to move and to do something different and to not fear falling back into that shit because it's well, hard I, and it sucks so i guess, much. I guess I it, it happened to me when i was like a young child i remember it and there was like a period of time that's all i could think about and it really depressed me when i was like a very young child I guess I'm just weird, and I had my existential crisis when I was, like, eight. Well, there you go. That's a good way to do <laughs> and it. And I it through it, man. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I guess, I guess that most people don't. It doesn't hit that young or something. Well, I mean, Triv, I can promise you that from my point of view, that I'm certainly not death. I can't tell you about Jacob. I mean, he was he did come on like oh, I'm not worried later, about you so. guys being death. I, I feel like he's probably probably show up here. So although yeah. you are trying to take my Jeff, theater. Though. Oh yeah, no doubt. Death sigh. Oh God! Ah, make it stop over here. Make it stop. <laughs> I am in a vortex of uh, white and black swirls, so I mean, I I don't know. The, um, I'm in a two yeah, by I mean, two computer room. Two by two. But you have a nice computer. <laughs> I can't use it. Roscoe, it's facing the wrong direction. Dude, it's a Dell. It's a freaking <laughs> potato. I mean, as long as you have your cup of Uranus, I mean, that's all that matters. So yeah, I guess. But with that said, um, as they leave, uh, a sign gets put outside the window. Uh, uh, coming soon, the bar cheers. Um, <laughs> we just need to expand it. So sometimes it did. It looked like the entrance to cheers. Everybody it knows your name. And like when uh, when Woody or not Woody, uh, whoever Ted Ted Danson plays walks in, he's like, "Why is there an old woman just walking towards?" the snow like what's going on Norm! with brad pitt yeah exactly right <laughs> i mean he would be at that uh, point a modern day robert redford i mean to, to be fair they they did start in spy games together so i mean it's very possible he he Is could be his Joe father Black? Bro, you know <laughs> actually so is his funny. name harold death mr <laughs> harold death you no. think they were on their way to watch uh the the trailer for episode one harold belden uh harold belden death oh well just just a bit of a trivia harold belden when i hovered over it says death is frequently imagined as a personified force in some mythologies a character known as the grim reaper causes the victim's death by coming to collect the person's soul other beliefs hold never mind I thought you know it was funny? Like something like maybe in the past he's been referred to as that name or something, but there's well, a shit about hilarious. that. Why did this pop up? <laughs> <laughs> because it's listening to us. No, you know what's funny about the idea of death is everybody thinks it's like this cloaked figure with like the scythe and stuff like that. But most of the time, like when you hear about like people's beliefs in death, it's usually someone you know, or it looks like a normal person. It's not actually a cloaked figure, which is always fascinating to me because it's like, you know, you get this like romanticized version of death, and then you get the the Bible's version of death or whatever. It's just like I'd rather have the romanticized version because at least it would be like Robert Redford or you know Brad Pitt or something like that instead of <laughs> uh, whatever they conjured up in Scrooge. You know, 
kind of funny that both of them played death and they are so similar and in their in their look is that what brad pitt's gonna look like when he's uh robert redford's age probably damn brad i mean is, robert redford is not bad looking for an 80 90 year old man or whatever he is so i mean robert redford look, look a little um rough the past few years like his his south park counterparts that they do for <laughs> okay okay look look at like jack nicholson I'd, I'd say if you get to be 80s like anything in your 80s and beyond you have the right to look however shabby you want he just looks like that because that's how he looks at uh, Lakers games, Los Angeles Lakers games. True. Augusta, Georgia, Richmond County Sheriff's Office is seeking the public's health help in searching for a missing man. Harold Belden, 24, is last seen Monday at 9.30 p.m. near Riverwalk in downtown. <laughs> I don't so know it's Georgia man doing. instead of Florida man? Yeah, Georgia man. Nice. Finally, somebody other than Florida. There's no connection that I see to Harold Del, 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 Belden and Death. Damn. I was really hoping there would. That would have been like clever or something. I would have learned something. Like, oh, in, in ancient literature, he went by the name Harold Belden. Nope. It's just a fucking <laughs> name somebody came up with. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe rearrange actually, the letters. I was looking at There's that. actually no trivia for this outside of yeah, Last there's Cooper not, was in two episodes. There's not very much. Yeah. I mean, the one thing they said was... Uh, Robert Riffers in it. Yeah. And the fact that she tried on several different accents to see what was going to work best for the character. And she ultimately decided to go with old. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I like how they have the photos for Nothing in the Dark. And one of the pictures is like a 50-year-old Robert Redford. It's like, <laughs> what? So oh, and to, an, to answer the question, um, like I'm looking at I the, had a question. I'm, I'm looking Where, at the companion. No, I'm looking at the companion, and it says, um, because we were kind of, you guys were kind of talking about how well Robert Redford, how is this episode, you know, set among the most popular amongst them, and it just says, and I guess you could say this, like there's probably something like this, and on every single one, but it says, um, adding to the performances of Gladys Cooper, uh, Robert Redford, and R.J. Armstrong. Um, and you have what has proved to be one of Twilight Zone's most enduring classics. Oh, there's a lot of words in that in that chapter, so I kind of passed through it. Oh, Oddly that's... enough, this is an episode with very few cast members all in one single setting, and I usually love those. I know. What's wrong? Are you are you afraid of dying? <laughs> I mean, what's going on here? That's probably what is it is. This hitting... <laughs> you you you're afraid to admit your feelings to Robert Redford, aren't you? That's what it is. No, he he so realizes we're like over. He realizes we're over halfway through this series, so he's like, I guess I'm going to go in somewhere and dream about Perchance a Dream in the, the good old <laughs> days. And, well, um, I feel good yeah. that it'll at least be below or above Perchance to Dream. I feel like I'll be able to convince you guys of that. <laughs> that's it, number 85. Uh, that's funny. Yep, 85. So, anyways, with that said, um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. She goes off to whatever yonder afterlife never, is never her. yeah she's gonna go listen to metallica and uh <laughs> it's a good place to be maybe maybe a little maybe a little thrash metal i mean she looks like kind of a thrash metal uh screaming metal, absolutely. metal. She's, she's, she's rocking anthrax oh absolutely right like a death she's that lamb of god yeah and she's a little emo absolutely. right bat metal yeah she got christopher lee as her best friend <laughs> in his metal band Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. he had a metal band. Oh. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> ah, <the French. laughs> 
the boobs <laughs> the sag <laughs> she, she, she called that herself the sag my balls so uh, yeah that's the episode I think uh, for the most part we enjoyed it would you agree had some issues as yeah. Jacob alluded to thought about life thought about cups of Uranus um, maybe I do like thought about episodes that get us to talking beyond the episode Oh yeah, very much. They open up a, a dialect. Comic. It opens up a can of dead worms. Dead, yep. Dead, dead, dead ass. I don't know. I opened a can of live worms, and they uh, they said no, Triv. I do not like it. <laughs> it opened up the discussion about whether Nick chooses his mother or his sister. <laughs> and with that said, um, this has gone weird places. Yes, it has. So, uh, yeah. So we'll leave it there. So that is season Yay. three, episode 16, Nothing in the Dark. Jacob, close us out with narration. Oh, yes, of course. There was an old woman who lived in a room and, like all of us, was frightened of the dark. But who discovered in a minute last fragment of her life that there was nothing in the dark that wasn't there when the lights were on? Object lesson for the more frightened amongst, amongst us, in or out of the Twilight Zone. You know, actually, I meant to bring up Nothing in the Dark is an interesting name for this episode because of how we are scared of the dark, what's in the dark, what the what's unknown. after the dark. Yep. Yeah. So, so that, that's deep. Very deep. Now we got to smoke some uh, weed and uh, take some LSD and sit around and think about it. Whoa. Dude. Whoa. We'd be like the, we could be like the the Beatles in uh, Dewey Hard, the walk card story, or Dewey Cox. <laughs> Walk our story. You don't I want prefer a yellow movies. submarine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I gotta watch that movie again. It'd be so funny. It ruined all parodies after that. Except yeah. for airplane. Space well, that balls. was before. Before. When did Yellow Submarine come out? Oh, I thought we were talking about Walk Hard. Oh, Fox I thought you were talking. <laughs> Sorry, I was on. You I both was confused on. me. I was like, are we talking about Walk Hard? <laughs> airplane came That's out what before I that. <laughs> I, I don't we think I've seen a parody since since Walker Yellow Submarine. Done. I was like, oh man, just go along with it so you don't look like a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, no, Yellow please. Submarine. Duh, Nick. Jesus, get your <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Was what was Yellow Submarine a parody? No, I don't think I've so. never seen it. Yeah, I said I've never Either. seen it, so I've never seen it. I've seen hard days. I think I've night, seen bits but... of it. I don't think I've, I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. Also, not you do that biggest Beatles. We'll talk about it one day. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a fr- wow. <laughs> he doesn't like this episode. He's not a Beatles fan. But what else? I, you, what else not, you I, I like some of the Beatles stuff. <laughs> I'm just not like those diehard Beatles, like I like crazy, like you know, throwing my panties at the Beatles. Why not? I don't, I don't wear panties, but if I did, you don't I don't know. At the Beatles. I mean, you don't know. You, you don't know what's going on waist down right now. Hell, chest down. <laughs> I could be wearing a midriff. Hey, more power right. to you if you are. You can be Porky Pig in it for all we know. Wearing <laughs> a, a midriff and a fucking, what are they saying? The, the, the elephant? French tickler? That too. And like the elephant jockstrap things. Hey, go for know. it, man. So, good times. Oh, no judgment. None. None whatsoever. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, that is uh, Nothing in the Dark, uh, an episode of The Twilight Zone. All right, guys. Let's do it. Let's do the last segment, which is the close or the closing narration, the Twilight Zone ranking list, the greatest ranking list that will definitely not scare us into never doing ranking list again. We all love ranking list. Yes, we all love it. Woo! 
Uh, where do we want to put this? 85. <laughs> I was going to say one. I was going to say 184, but I mean, okay. That doesn't work. Um, There's not that many episodes. You that doesn't. Trip. You 26. Know. I do know. 26. Uh, realistically, give me a starting point. Uh, time enough at last. Okay. What number is that? 21. Oh, I see it. 21. And no, that's 26. Oh, no, no, sorry. I was thinking the wrong one. That's a, I thought you were going for top 10, you said. Um, I would put it top 10, but I know I know respectively that we're not putting it in top 10. So you never know. I'm just you gotta fight. Fight for it. Oh, you're right. Tip Okay, is this better than Shadow Play? <sighs> I really like Shadow Play just for what it did. Intergalactic Planetary. Oh, I remember Shadow Play. I yeah. really like the visuals, the execution of Shadow Play. I did really like that. I no, I like Shadow Play more than this. I think this asks deeper questions. Uh, give it that. Yeah. Is this better than Five Characters in Search of an Exit? Trash can episode. Uh I kinda. Um, I okay, know. so five characters rides. 100% solely on its ending. If it didn't have that banger of an ending, like if they had botched that ending a little bit more, if the, if the ending had just been kind of like, oh, okay, I don't feel like that episode would have been as uh, uh, revered as it is. Yeah. It's 100% the ending. It's No, I mean, it's I won't say 100%. It's not 100% the ending like uh, Third from the Sun is. That's 100% the ending. That's 200% the ending. <laughs> I think five characters is entertaining and good because it keeps the mystery up the whole time and you're just like what's going on where are they going so it is better in that respect but the ending is what makes it like without that end if they if if the ending had not been what it was if they were you know on on alien if they were on another planet or something they came out and that was the twist it would have been like oh okay but uh so i don't know admittedly better than corn the court episode. The what? It's a good life. See, I would rather watch this than It's a Good Life. But I think I'm in the, in the majority. Which like one the, is uh, It's a Good Life? Uh, that's where he sends people to the cornfield. Like, oh. The children uh, of the That's cornfield. good, Billy. You did so good. Thank you for taking off my mm. head and turning me into a jack-in-the-box. You know, once again, I think this one poses more interesting questions. It's a good life, though. I love how they ended that on such a downer. <laughs> and no, not a downer. I love how they ended it without explaining shit. There was no twist. There was no nothing. It was just, here you go, guys. Here's a peek into this world. Moving on. <laughs> it didn't give you any resolution. It just right. ended. And he told I you mean, that it... ending narration saying, yeah, there's, there's no, you're not getting resolution because this world sucks. Um, I mean, we could talk about nightmares as a child compared to this. They're I don't think it's better than I, I because of because of the subject matter. I don't think you go above that. Uh, Nightmare as a child has a certain and like this one, it raises a lot of good questions, but I don't think it goes above that personally. Is it je ne sais quoi, as you could say? I suppose. Je ne sais quoi. Well, yeah. actually, je let me ask you this: is this, episode... as a child. <laughs> <laughs> is this episode better? <laughs> is this better episode better than Nick of Time, the uh, quarter? Uh, William Shatner episode. 
Like we're, I guess we're looking between 13 and 15. Right. So where I'm having problems here is that you asked me, is it better than that episode? And I think, and I'm like, no, I enjoyed that one because I think I enjoyed that episode as a whole more, but that goes back to my issues with this episode. I liked where this episode went. I liked what its overall thing was. I just had some issues with the execution early on. Like, I feel like it drug and then it, picked up there at the end i think this one is very dependent on not necessarily the very end but the last third right the last third of this episode Um, is is really all you need i mean i know obviously you got to have a little bit of the exposition build up but i feel like there's a solid i don't know man 10 or 15 minutes there that they could have tightened up changed and made just more interesting well i think this is very interesting it is still an entertainment medium so i do yeah I mean, I demand to be when watching something, I, I need to be entertained as well as informed. I mean, I'm looking, I'm honestly looking down by like the silence, may above the silence or below the silence. What was Once Upon a like, Time? I forget. Oh, I see it. That was that was your uh, Buster Keaton episode. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. Damn it, Trip. I can't remember damn, everything because damn, it's like had this one had a better first. I would say absolutely it's better than the silence. It's better than all these. It's better than once upon a time, all that. But like those, what about putting it right next field? to what about? Cause I, before when I mentioned one, one for the angels, like I, this one and that one to me kind of have similar, like, but I like this episode more in time enough at last. So, I mean, I, no, you're I, right. I, they, I they are bittersweet. I just, I think if we were to switch it, I put one for the angels in time enough at last and different in the same like switch spots, right? Because I do think one for the angels is a better episode. I just think time enough at last has that banger of an ending. No, I would put this, I would put this like above the Howling Man just because like I think the silence is a better episode, but I also think this episode has a better performance by Gladys Cooper and Robert Redford, or at least Gladys Cooper. I mean, I don't know. Robert uh, Ripper's great in the that. last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, no, they I, I could, flash you that smile. I, I could I could certainly go below the silence. Below being 18 or 20? Uh, sorry, 20. You said 21. Yeah, I did. I found the silence overall, which I can actually uh, uh, compare that one to this one quite a bit because that's another one that more or less from the beginning, I kind of guessed what was going on. Now, I do, just to reiterate, I do kind of agree with Nick or I could definitely see this side of it. I don't know if they were really trying to cover that up with this one as much because I think it was okay for the, uh, well, in their mind, when they were writing it, they were okay with the viewer knowing, hey, that's probably death and kind of getting what's going on. It's more about the journey of her getting to this place of uh, peace before she dies. So yeah, long story short, I I wouldn't mind this being 20. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought the si- so silence was more uh, uh, better structured, I thought. Yeah, it's still a top 20 episode, so we're, it's not like we're saying this is the worst episode ever. I just think uh, I was looking, at, I I was looking at like the silence. Of... So by no means, I don't like I said in the beginning, yeah. I didn't I'm not going to I don't gush about this one as much as you guys do. And that's fine. But I just um, I, I still think that it had some really interesting things to say. And I think that that may be one of the things that not irritated, but what made the uh, shortcomings in my opinion hit a little bit harder is that it had so many interesting things to say that when it didn't do them, I was like, yeah, you had opportunities there. Well, I wanted more because you guys opened up this, uh, 
this Pandora's box and I want to hear more. And they didn't go there. Yeah, I agree. Trev, do you agree? You yeah, concur? I think so. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, do you have any other oppositions or objections? Your hat is silly and uh, you need to wear a different hat. Yeah, sword That's all you <laughs> Well, you good say, for your swordfish. <laughs> That's what so she said. You need more cowbell. Needs more yes. cowbell. Yes. Everything needs more cowbell. Absolutely. All right. Bellas. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. I think that'll do it. I think that's a good place. Uh, top 20 episodes. So, uh, new number 20. Nothing in the dark. Uh, number one. So, I, the Beholder. Number 81. Trouble in Templeton. Next episode is called uh, Season 3, Episode 17. One more pallbearer. Uh, Rossoing uh, says this episode is great. Uh, we'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, directed by Lamont Johnson, written by Ross Sterling. Uh, stars Joseph Wiseman, Gage Clark, Catherine Squire, Trevor Bardet. I don't know anything about this episode, but I'm sure it's fantastic, and we will not have any argumental discussions about it as we do. So, uh, <laughs> I bet there's a pallbearer in it. I bet there's, there's one, one more, more pallbearer. Yeah, one more than there were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Actually, this is Lamont Johnson's second episode in a row. Oh my god. Wow. 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 Right meow. Oh man. Anyways, with that said, we're gonna head out. We're going to go into the dark for the time being until next week. Triv, Jacob, hope you're not the personification of death because I need to live to at least the end of this podcast series of 156 episodes. So keep me alive, people. Keep me alive till then. <laughs> <laughs> it's infrared. He's looking, he's looking. That, that's how he finds CG. death. <laughs> <laughs> so those glasses, your death finder, that's how you fight death. And they follow, or, uh, yeah, it's like in that movie, live. 13 Ghosts, secondly. Oh, that's a, <laughs> such a great movie. He's like, yeah, it's like that movie where they they fought like uh, interstellar demons or something like that. You know, the movie 13 Ghosts. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. So, Jacob, you have content. Hopefully, we'll have a video post soon. I don't want want you to promote that video because you said you aren't sure if it's going to be available just yet. But, uh, yeah, where's your content? It will be. uh, I said this uh, two episodes ago, but it will be by the time this episode. I'm I'm actually thinking that by the time this episode airs. It will have either just come out or it'll be coming out that week. If not, I'm very depressed. If I'm having the, if I'm saying the same thing next episode, I'm a very sad boy. So yeah, check out my, uh, uh, my channel that I'm currently using retro JKXY over on YouTube, where I do video game history, essay documentary things. And, uh, I will have one coming up on the Nintendo 64, AKA the ultra 64 that will start with a five. It'll be a five part series again before the full one comes out. Coming soon. Check that out. Coming soon at KB Toys near you. Woohoo! EB Games. EB Games. Babbages. Game Spot. <laughs> uh, Triv, you have content. You have bloody content. You have YouTube channels. You have a theater that one day I will own. Nope. You get to it. Uh, nope. Because you are scared of death. So you will give me your theater. Am I? Takeover. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's your, it's your life insurance policy to give me the theater before you die. Uh, so, are you saying I'm dying? Because that's a little scary at this moment in time. I mean, you, you, you don't know what I believe, Trip. No, I'm just kidding. 
In all honesty, Jesus. you have a you have you have content that's really good. You have a theater. Uh, I don't know if it's you, really you good. Have, sometimes but... I think you have popcorn uh, in that theater. I don't know. It depends. Where's oh, there's at? always popcorn. Uh, so you can find me here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Most recent thing was uh, Future War, which is a weird little movie about uh, exploding dinosaurs and ninjas and way, way too much plaid and cardboard. Uh, it's, a, it's a collab I did, and it's a pretty cute little movie. Um, uh, coming up next, I'm doing a thing with uh, Nick uh meet the feebles so uh hopefully by the time this drops i will have that out or it will be dropping shortly after that so uh keep your eyes out i'm still waiting for it trip keys promised me this this video that i'm yep. supposedly in yep it hasn't happened yet so yep <laughs> yeah yes jacob yes jacob yep. i'll say it after we uh after we uh are off the air oh okay so yeah, so we'll, question. Yeah, so the stuff you'll never know about. Uh, anyways, with that said, <laughs> <laughs> with that said, I'm at Movie Emporium. I'm on uh, Twitter's and the Facebooks and on uh, Blue Sky and uh, whatever the Tumblr or not Tumblr Instagram Threads. thing is now Threads, Threads, which I just found out about today as this recording. Uh, I also just finished up. You know, we can clap, or if you feel like clapping, I just finished up the Mission Impossible retrospective. Dum 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 da 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 da. That's actually that. That music's what happens when you find. That music's. That music's what. That music's what. Fred Durst, get in on this. Uh, but that that music's what's happened when you find out you have the clap. You find out Tom Cruise is, is Tom Cruise is going to try and save you from the clap. Uh, anyways, anybody uh, like I said, clap, it's Tom Cruise. Yep. <laughs> but I have uh, I have the retrospective for Mission Impossible at Jurassic Park, and of course uh, Indiana Jones, which uh, Jacob was on, of course. But yeah, so there there you go. Other videos as well. So, but for myself, He's into the Fast Jacob and the Trip, Furious next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm going <laughs> to shoot myself in the process. But with that said, we're going to head out. And for myself, Jacob and Trib, we'll see you guys next time in the Twilight Zone. Peace out, motherfucker.